Hey, hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. So excited that you're here. One of the most common sayings that I hear from women entrepreneurs is, I suck at sales, which I have said in the past, by the way. So I brought on the sales maven herself, Nikki Rausch, who walks us through the steps to selling successfully to your clients. Nikki's the owner of Your Sales Maven and helps entrepreneurs and corporate teams with their sales conversations so they can close more business and make more money. During our interview, Nikki talks about how we can tweak our language from selling our services or products to inviting potential clients to find out more. She breaks down the entire discovery call, very, very detailed, by the way, and gives you incredible tips to optimize it. She warns against the biggest mistakes that people make during the discovery call. And she also goes through the anatomy of a good close so you can actually get paid. And she talks about what to do when someone tells you that they'll think about it. How many times have you had that happen? A ton. (laughs) She's giving you an amazing trick on how to make sure that that is productive. Nikki does such a great job of breaking down the sales conversation into practical pieces that you will be able to implement right away. So let's get the show going with Nikki Roush so you cannot suck at sales. Nikki, what's going on, girl? I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. We are having the sleazy sales conversation, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited about this. We're talking about sales. And typically, women in particular, and I can say this from working with thousands of businesswomen at this point, we tend to, as a grouping, hate sales and tell ourselves stories like, I suck at sales. I want to know from your experience as the sales maven, why do we suck at sales? I know that we suck at sales because we are fe- like we fear judgment. We fear that whatever we're going to do, people are going to be making judgments about us and we don't want those like, oh, this person is salesy, this person's aggressive, this person is, you know, does sales wrong or says the wrong. It's that judgment piece. Like who wants to be judged in a negative way, right? Mm-hmm. So because of that, we actually don't sell. Many businesswomen do everything they can to get away from selling. It's so funny. I've heard from what I'll call relatively new businesswomen, like fairly new in their business process, wanting to outsource the sales piece right away. And I'm not saying that that's not possible, but in the very beginning, if you can't sell your own stuff, how can you expect somebody else to sell it, right? Yes, absolutely. That's so true. And what people forget is that when you're starting out in business, like every penny counts, right? And to hire a professional sales rep, like the average, just the average in the United States for a sales rep is $60,000 a year. That's what they make. So to think you're going to outsource and bring somebody on that you're going to pay, which for me and my sales career, like if somebody came to me today and said, Nikki, we'll pay you $60,000 to sell for us. I'd be like, yeah, thanks. No, thanks. Like I don't... (laughs) Like I'm a six-figure salesperson. So who are you going to get for that? And realistically, nobody will ever be able to sell your products or services as well as you can. And I work with clients who have seven-figure businesses and I work with people who are just starting out. And I have a client right now who has a seven-figure business. And she, as much as she wants to outsource sales, nobody on her team can do it the way that she's doing it. 
And now she's having to kind of step back in. And so actually what I'm doing with her is coaching her on how to bring her people up to be able to sell because they're just not at that same level that she is. They can't talk about it in the way she can. So I want to get into the very specific strategies and tips about how to sell, how to legit sell and do it well and do it in a way that feels good and that doesn't feel sleazy. So talk to me about that. How can we as women who are scared of being judged as as being seen as salesy and schmarmy and yucky and shoving our product and service down other people's throats, we are so terrified of that that we don't sell. How do we realistically start selling? The easiest way to start selling is to start issuing invitations. Because we always think that sales is about convincing somebody to do something. But in actuality, if you take a step back and realize that all you really need to do is invite people to see if they're interested in taking whatever that next step is, then it doesn't become salesy. And frankly, it takes the fear out of it and the scary like, oh, I'm going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Because all you're doing is issuing an invitation. And I always say like, my all-time favorite song is Cheap Trick, I Want You to Want Me. Most, <laughs> most people like... right now. <laughs> I like, I do, you will lose all your listeners if you ask me. <laughs> but I do, it is my favorite song. But the thing is, is, most of us like to be invited to things, even if we don't want to go. Like think about all the people around you. If everybody you know is getting together for a get-together, even if you don't want to go, it's still nice to get an invitation. Right? You don't want to be left off the invitation list. And so when you think of sales in kind of that same aspect that it isn't about pushing your product down somebody's throat and isn't about being aggressive, it's merely issuing an invitation. And if they decline it, that's okay. It's not scary. It's not bad. It doesn't mean they hate you. It just means the timing's not right. So learning how to issue invitations and invitation language, by the way, is something as simple as saying, is this something you'd be interested in? Mm. That's it. If you say to somebody, is this something you'd be interested in? And they say no. Well, now you don't even need to further the sales conversation. But if they say yes, now you have permission, permission to talk about it. Like how great is that? That's easy. That's fun. Now you get to start to show some of the excitement around your product or service. How can we take that step, initiating an invitation into... Like, What does that sound like in addition to, is this something that you'd be interested in? Not only in that one-on-one conversation that we might be having with somebody, maybe out at a networking group or somebody's calling us or whatever, might be calling our office. In the online space, what does that look like tangibly speaking? What words are we using to give an invitation? I will say a lot of times invitations come as a result of buying signals. So I kind of jump, I'm jumping around by the way on the selling staircase. But when you get a buying signal, that could come as like, let's say you put an offer out into your to your list, for instance, and somebody responds back and says, This seems interesting. That's a potential buying signal right there. Okay. So what you really want to do is do everything you can to see if that person is interested in getting on the phone with you. And as scary as it sometimes feels to get on the phone with somebody like, oh, isn't it... It's so much easier to just email. But realistically, we want to connect with people. And we want to give our dollars to people who we feel connected to. In that instance, if somebody says, this seems interesting, I would email back and say... What do you think about us setting up a time to chat? 
here are a few possible times. And then I actually give them ranges of time that are open on my calendar. I would say Friday, anytime between 3.30 and 4.30. And I give three of those, by the way. And I always say anytime between. I never say, here are times I'm available at 3. It's too specific and it doesn't leave any wiggle room for the person. And we're trying to make it really easy for them to get on the phone with us. So if you give these 3 times, oftentimes somebody will respond back and say, Oh, I can meet with you Friday at 4.15. Great. Now we get on the phone and now you're in the discovery process. So what you do first in the discovery process is you say, Thank you so much for taking this time to chat with me. And in order to make it meaningful and productive for you, is it okay if I start with a couple quick questions? Because you have to take the lead in the discovery process, by the way. Yes. Thank you for saying that. You can't just like show up and be like, Hi. So what are we talking about? (laughs) Yeah, Because then you don't set yourself up as the expert. And if somebody wants to give you money for something, it's because you know something they don't know yet. You have to stand in your place of power and credibility and be the expert. And it doesn't mean like, we're only going to talk about what I want to talk about. But they do want you to take the lead, right? So take the lead, ask them questions. And in the discovery process, one of the things I always say is it's really, really crucial that you ask questions that lead people to hiring you. Not questions that necessarily you ask after somebody hires you. The difference and the distinction is there are certain questions that I ask in a discovery process. For instance, I want to know, do you know how to create curiosity when you're talking about your business? Because guess why? I teach that. Mm-hmm. That's what I work with clients. You are the solution, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. But I don't ask questions like, do you have a 30-second elevator pitch? Because like, until you've paid me money, I don't need to know the answer to that question. Hmm. I can help you with that. That's not like my specialty, right? So I'm only asking questions in the discovery that lead people to hiring me. And I'm also trying to find out pretty quickly in that conversation, is this even somebody I want to work with? Because Thank as you. an entrepreneur, we yes. get to pick, right? Yes. Thank you for saying that. So a couple of things here. Number one is that there's a lot of... I've heard differing opinions about whether to actually do free discovery calls or not, right? Like, do I actually get on the phone with somebody before they've paid me? And I've always been an advocate of that because I think that A, you're doing market research no matter what. Like you're talking to people no matter what, whether they choose to work with you or not. And so you are going to learn something about somebody who has shown a sales cue, who has shown a buying cue, who's interested, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to find out kind of where they are. And the more of those you have, the, the more you're going to know your target market or who is not your target market. And I think you're right. I think that there's so much that you can do to tweak so that that discovery call is purposeful from the moment you get on the phone or on the conference call until the moment you get off. Talk a little bit more about that, about what we can do to optimize that discovery call. Well, can I offer like one mistake that I think sometimes people... Please, yes. So in the discovery call, a lot of times what happens is because we're, we want new clients, right? We want to grow our business. We're taking this time out of our day. And most of us... I mean, all of us really that are getting on a discovery call, we're experts at what we do. One of the mistakes that we often make is we coach during those calls. And I always say, don't coach during a discovery call because oftentimes you'll give somebody what I think for me is just almost like a... It's like the smallest little tip ever right? around sales because I know sales in and out. I love sales. I can talk about it all day long. But if I give that one little tip, To that person, they think I just opened a whole new world to them. 
And it will be a disservice to them because now they think, oh, Nikki gave me the golden nugget and now I don't need to hire her because I've got the golden nugget. But I know that's just the one tiny little step. And when they hire me, they're going to get so much more. And I'm going to be able to help transform whatever the struggle is for them quicker more effectively and long-term, they're going to get results. So you want to be really careful not to coach during your discovery calls because oftentimes you'll talk people out of hiring you, which is a disservice to them and to of course. I love that you're identifying this. So I had a friend here locally, God, this is probably about 10 years ago, and he was just starting his consulting business. And he's a genius in anything like online marketing, like just such a genius, just knows all the things, right? And so people would naturally come to him for many years asking him, so what about this? And what about this? And what do you think about this? And so he would sit down with them for lunch, right? And for an hour and a half, two hours sometimes, basically like give them the answer. <laughs> this, <laughs> like he would just download on them. Oh, you should do this and do this and do this. And we often, as those of us who have the gifts that people are coming to us for, we mm-hmm. love doing that. We love being in that space, right? And so what happened quite quickly when he realized that, okay, I actually need to make, make money. I actually need to have a business. He started separating, okay, this is a discovery call or this is like our initial contact, right? Where I'm going to just find out what you need. Then there's something separate that you can pay me for called, I can now give you answers to what you need. That's right. <laughs> and then there's a separate kind of step too, which is now I can actually execute the plan of what you just need. My point being in that is you are speaking such a truth that we often just give so much, whether a lot or even just a little tidbit that ends up being somebody really feeling like that's the answer I needed. I can now go run with that. And that's actually not what was just needed. So asking those questions that lead them to you being the obvious answer to what it is that they need is really the point of that discovery call and making sure that they are a person that you really want to work with. Exactly. 100% yes. That's, that's, that's really what the discovery call is about and for. And sometimes when you give too much, like your friend that was giving like so much. And by the way, I struggle with this too, because I love oh, yeah. to coach, right? Like yeah. I love to give people advice. But what happens is when people don't pay you for it, they often don't implement. And when they don't implement, nothing changes in their life. And most of us start our businesses to be of service to the world in some way. Like we, we want to help make change happen for people. And the best way to make change happen for people is to allow for them to pay you money because then they will implement and they'll get results and things will get better in their life as a result. And then they can pinpoint that shift and that success on you instead of saying, oh, I talked to Katie and yeah, nothing's happened in my business because there wasn't any formal business relationship there, right? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, Katie's smart, but you know, whatever. I haven't seen any change happen. (laughs) Yeah. Those are the worst, right? Like I do believe we should be creating ambassadors out in the marketplace. Like we want people, which by the way, I know you do because people shout your name from the rooftops of how awesome you are. Because you're creating ambassadors out in the marketplace, the people who pay you money are probably the best source of leads for you, right? Because they can pinpoint exactly how you help them and what happened as a result. And people are like, well, I want that. So now I need to go hire Katie. So we're talking about obviously those first initial, like initiating an invitation language, Mm -hmm. getting someone into a discovery call, the things you can do in a discovery call in order to be the solution, 
talk about the clothes. Okay. The dun, dun, dun. <laughs> clothes. And I really, actually- I really want to make sure you listening hear this. And Nikki, I hope that you can say this too. I still, after a decade of being in business for myself, of being in charge of bringing in money for me and my family, which requires a close, I still want to throw up. <laughs> I still, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I still have a moment of like, it's yeah. like ask for the sale, ask for the sale. Like I still have that hesitation. For, so if you listening still feel that way, it's okay. It yeah. is just practice, right? Yeah. So talk about the close. Talk about what we can do to actually close. Okay. So I'm going to give you kind of one more step in between the discovery oh, and the close yes. because, and when you follow this, I think, well, you can tell me, Katie, if you, if you implement this, you can tell me if it gets easier. <laughs> so one of the things we want to do is we want to set ourselves up to propose. Like this is where you go to the proposal stage where you're laying out your offer and then you go to the close. One of the ways to go to the proposal is you've now you've done the discovery and you've probably taken notes during the discovery. I take notes during my discoveries and I always write down like I make this little list for myself. And if anybody ever saw my discovery notes, they'd only make sense to me, right? But you would see this list and I can look on this little side list that I make and I'll count them and I'll go, oh... So based on everything we've talked about so far, I already see five areas in sales of places that we could work on together. Is that something you'd be interested in finding out more about how we would work together? Because now I'm getting permission to then propose an offer. Right. And and most of the time people are like, five things. Like, what are those things, Nikki? Right. Like they're interested in that now because they're like, oh, she really does see a way. I, I'm authentic when I say this. If I only have two or one, I'll say that too. Sometimes I have 10. And then I'm like, wow, this is definitely an ideal client for me. Right. Yeah. Once they say yes, then I go, okay. So based on the things that we've talked about, my recommendation. So this is where I stand in my place of power. And I'm gonna say my recommendation is that we would work together in a private So that would be my VIP program. Now, sometimes if they are just asking, well, how can somebody work with you? Then I might say there are three main ways. And I would say, I have a VIP program, I do strategy sessions, and I have a membership platform. Which of those are you most interested in hearing about? Because now again, I'm asking permission. I'm not like diving into all of the information about each one of the programs. Mm -hmm. I really only want to talk about the thing that they're interested in. Mm -hmm. So if they give me that yes then here's one of the things I will say is always recommend what your client needs, not what you think they can afford. And there's a difference. Oh, yes. Please talk about that. Unravel that. <laughs> because sometimes... Somebody's, somebody else's money is not your business. Somebody you once told know. me, yeah, don't sell from someone else's wallet, right? Oh, I love that. The idea is unless the client has come right out and said, I have X amount of money to invest, then maybe that's a little different. And it's still okay to propose what they need. Like you are the expert. So if somebody says they have these things they need to work on, and these are things that I really only work on with clients privately because they're specific and tailored to them, then I know they are an ideal VIP client for me, you know, private coaching client. And if they come back and say, you know, gosh, that sounds really great, Nikki, and I don't have the money for that, great. I have another solution and I can give you a less expensive solution, but I'm still going to recommend what I know you need because I'm I am the expert and it's my job to recommend that 
for that client and give them the option. But sometimes people go, well, I'm just going to recommend the most inexpensive thing because they're starting out or they had this happen or, or I know a little bit about their situation. It's like, no, you really don't know people's situations. Yeah. Like we're all selling to adults and it's the adult in them to say, yes, that sounds awesome and I want that or that sounds great and I'm not quite sure how to pay for it yet or no. Right, that's not the right solution for me. That's okay. All of those have responses to them, and be willing to just again be your credible self and recommend what a client needs. I really appreciate that advice because I feel like we can often take on what we perceive to be somebody else's money situation. I have been flabbergasted at the folks who have said yes before I've ever like even talked about pricing or I'm halfway through the sentence and they're like, yep, I'm, I'm on it. And I'm like, whoa, okay. It surprised me because maybe I've seen them saying no to other things or whatever that is, or vice versa. I have been surprised when somebody who I have perceived to have money to invest in services with me say, no, I like, that's just not my money situation right now. And I'm like, whoa, okay. You never know what somebody's money situation is, nor do you know where they are ready and willing to put their money for the value that they really need at that moment. So just keep it all to yourself. Don't perceive anyone else's money stuff and just service what they really truly need in line with the gifts that you were there to provide. Yes. And then when you get to the close piece, it's really important that you get the close language out of your mouth. So once you've laid out your offer, so if you said, you know, my recommendation is the VIP program, they're like, well, tell me more about it. Then you go through it in the details. And by the way, on a discovery call or in that discussion, I don't bring up price until they do. Now, my pricing is listed on my website. I'm really candid and forward about my pricing. I'm not ashamed of my price at all. So the price is out there. But I don't bring it up unless they do. And like you said, sometimes people are like, Yes, I'm in before you've even gotten through it. I've had somebody give me their credit card and then say, Oh yeah, Nikki, what's the price? Like, are they <laughs> their credit card? Right? And they're now like, Oh yeah, um, how much is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So don't be afraid of this this part of the conversation. When you've established value, at some point, people are like, I would pay whatever I could, right? To get this solution. In that case, so I've gone through, I've laid out my offer and I'll say, now based on this offer, is this something you'd like to move forward on? That's the invitation language to close. Because once you've said, is this something you'd like to move forward on? Or should we go ahead and schedule that now? Or if you're selling a product, I can have that to you on Thursday. Would you like to place your order now? Ask the question and then wait. You're not allowed to speak until the client <laughs> speaks first. I was so interested in getting your perception on this because I feel like that's kind of an old school sales thing, which is like, mm-hmm. say the price, make the offer, ask the question, then shut the hell up, right? That's and right. I agree. And that's probably one of the hardest things to do. You want to talk about people talking yourselves out of a sale? That's when it happens. It's this much. Is that something you want? Da, 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 da. But we could do this. And if you really want to, I can work out a payment plan. Da, 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 da. Like you talk yourself into the ground. So say the price, <laughs> ask the question. Do they want it? Shut up. Yes. I would say zip it. Like, 
you know, really zip it. Because all that other stuff that we add, it's called selling past the close. And as soon as you start selling past the close, oftentimes you confuse the client or you make them go to this place of like, oh my gosh, I better think about it. Or you'll say something like, well, I could work out this payment plan for you. And then you outline a payment plan. Whereas they would have paid you in full had you not brought that up. Yes. And yes. again, we want to make it so easy for people to just say yes and buy from us when we have the right solution for them. So don't add all this extra stuff. And whatever you need to do... I know some people tell me they'll like... I said this once on a podcast to one of my favorite people too. And she laughed at me because I said, put your lips together and like wait put them together and just wait. And she says now she counts in her head. <laughs> That's her way to like not speak. Okay, whatever it takes. Whatever works, whatever works. Okay, what do you suggest for the person who does not tell us a yes or no at the end of that close, at the end of that ask? And they're like, I need to think about it. Famous last words, right? What do you suggest from there? Okay, so I then suggest, and this is like super crucial that you get this language. So I'm going to offer to schedule a circle back call with them. So when somebody says, Nikki, I need to think about it. I say, great. About how much time would you like? And let's go ahead and schedule a circle back call now on our calendars so that at that point, I can answer any additional questions that you have and we can decide we're either working together or we're not. Oh, I love that. Setting the expectations so straight. Love it. And it's okay to say it. And it doesn't mean that... I don't think anybody would say like, Nikki comes across really harsh. Like I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just trying to make it easy for them to make a decision. And I also don't believe in chasing clients. Because I think when you say, I'm going to chase you to a client, they turn into a toddler. And if you say to a toddler, I'm going to chase you, they take (laughs) off running, right? Because it's like, oh, now we're playing a game and this is super fun. So don't chase them, make it easy for them. And don't be afraid of the, I need to think about it. Because sometimes people go, well, that's a brush off. Well, it could be, but we won't know if it's a brush off if we don't offer to schedule a circle back call. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you get on the circle back call, you do kind of that same thing where you pre-frame again for them. So the purpose of this call is to answer any additional questions that you had since we last spoke and then find out what decisions you've made about us working together. What questions do you have for me? Like that's it. It's yeah. it's really simple and it doesn't even need to take that long. Yeah. But be willing to do this. I can't tell you how many times I close business on circle back calls because I will always give people time to think about it if they really need it. Yeah. So you would let me know before we got on that you have a free download for folks who are listening. And I want to talk about it right now because as you can tell... So much of a sales conversation and a sales process has to do with the right language and using the right words, words that are comfortable for you and words that set the expectation and set up the conversation in a way that's beneficial for you and your potential client. So the freebie that you have is you're closing the sale. You can get it at yoursalesmaven.com forward slash BWR. And I'll go ahead and put that link in the show notes. Talk a little bit about that. Because I really... If you have ever struggled with getting someone to get on the phone with you, struggling at all through that conversation, through that discovery call, and then turning that call, that person into a paying client, you need to have this. 
you absolutely need to have this. So tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah. So this is my free ebook that I love to give when I go on a podcast, like give to your listeners, because I want them to have some of the language that you and I just kind of talked about. I do have a book where I go into the five steps of the selling... And I call it the selling staircase. And what I find a lot of times is it's these last kind of three steps, the discovery, the proposal, the close that can cause people to stumble. And so I created this ebook for people to have some of this language, be able to get what you need fast. Because if you have a discovery call coming up, or if you have one of those circle back calls coming up, you're going to want to have this language in front of you. And it's not that you have to say every word precise, but you want to have the gist of it, right? You want to have the kind of the outline for yourself and then tweak it, make it comfortable for you. But that's what it's about. It's something that was curated and put together from webinars that I've done and articles that I've written. And I kind of pulled what I thought was the best of the best and I put it in this ebook for your listeners. I love it. I love it. I want to... Before we go, I want to stress the importance of getting the sales conversations down well and practicing them and being willing to practice and getting very good at these conversations. The impact is massive. If you are listening and you have a service-based business and therefore, you know, not a $10 product, but something in the higher range of services, it does not take that many discovery calls. If you have really worked on your sales, if you're following what Nikki's saying and you get good at converting those people, it doesn't take that many. That's one thing that I've always been really... I love reflecting back to a lot of the women that I've worked with, which is like, okay, well, how how much money do you need, right? Like how many clients does that equal? Like backing into that number. So how many people do you need to get on the phone in order to convert X amount of people into paying clients? And every single time we go through that conversation, it's like, oh, that's not that many. But converting them... Let's just say you have 10 people that you get on discovery calls. You can figure out how to go get those 10 people, right? That's a whole different conversation. But converting those people, having your words blow up in your face and maybe one person converts versus eight people or nine people convert. That's a, that is a very big deal. So stop wasting your energy into you know having the wrong conversations and put your energy into really getting the sales conversation right so that your conversions can go up and make a really, really, really big difference in your profitability. This is such a good conversation. Thank you so much. Everything you said, yes, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah, girl. That's right. Oh my goodness. So Nikki, obviously you've been in sales for a long time. You've yeah. been helping people with sales for a long time. When someone really breaks through and gets it and it shifts... I know that that's got to be a really big, amazing feeling for you. But what what does that change for them? For your clients who have worked with you, for the people that you've seen shift and get it, and all of a sudden those conversions are really clicking, what does that mean for them? Well, for their business and for their family, it can be life-changing. I mean, I had a client that I worked with last year that we shifted a few things in her conversation. And she came back and said, this is going to equal $300,000 in my business next year. Like that was a big one, right? Like, yeah. But really what it comes back to, the thing that I hear over and over and over once my clients start to get this is they're like, I can't believe how easy the conversation was. And these two things, it's easy. And then they say, I just closed my largest package in the shortest amount of time. 
that I've ever had in a sales conversation. Like those are the common things that come back. And then their confidence just, you know, it's like zooming through the roof because they're like, I can do this. And yes, everybody can do it. There isn't a personality type. There isn't a like you have to be this person or that person or extroverted or any. Nope. You just need to understand the conversation and everything gets easier. I love it. Nikki, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your wisdom with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. 